There are currently three main treatment options for Parkinson's disease, though the downside to them include harsh side effects, invasiveness, and high cost. We caught up with kinesiology student Colette Edge at the Bruyer Wood Undergraduate Research Conference, and she told us about one other treatment possibility, high amplitude action observation group fitness, and how it can help decrease symptoms for moderate level Parkinson's disease progression. Education Eclipse starts now. Education, news, and research. These are the conversations happening inside education, athletic training, sports science, and sport management that are going to transform each. It's Education Eclipse from Washington State University. Back here on Education Eclipse, and we're joined by Colette Edge. It's the Bruyer Wood Undergraduate Research Conference. And Colette, you've got Parkinson's H-A-O-O, group fitness, to maintain improved motor function post-therapy. So you're going to explain what is this H-A-A-O, and just tell us a little bit about your research. The Parkinson's H-A-A-O stands for a High Amplitude Action Observation Group Fitness Program. This is of my own design, but it's compiling research from high amplitude movement research that supports um, long-term support for movement improvement with individuals with Parkinson's disease combined with group action observation. So research is showing that when you observe someone's movement and you recruit multiple sensory um, stimulus, you're able to retain that for longer periods of time. So post-physical therapy, this is a program that would be provided in the community um, or within a recreational program that for long-term community support of individuals with Parkinson's disease. So individuals with Parkinson's disease would come together, they would mirror each other's movements using these high amplitude movements, which are really just large range of motion movements that help facilitate um, the effects of Parkinson's disease, which just really brings in little small movements into their daily living. That's an awesome 30,000 foot overview. So let's, let's go back to the very beginning. Just briefly describe Parkinson's, maybe some of the symptoms that people deal with, and then we'll I got a few questions after that. Okay, so Parkinson's disease is a neurodegenerative disease, um, which just means that neurons in the substantia nigra portion of your brain are affected by the disease, and they are the dopamine-producing neurons. So at diagnosis, most individuals have lost about 80% of these neurons, leaving only 20% to produce the dopamine required um, for their physical needs. Now, dopamine is important because it's an important transmitter for movement and also coordination. So early supplementation of dopamine in the early stages of Parkinson's disease is um, shown to help increase movement ability, um, but that's short term. It's eventually going to diminish as the cells continue to die off. Yeah, we see people that have uh, obviously muscle issues, slow movement, balance problems uh, with Parkinson's. Right now, uh, in as far as I'm aware, there's some pharmacological options. There's, there's of course, physical therapy. What other kind of treatment options can there be? And, and how does the kinesiology angle come in, you know, in terms of exercises, medicine, things like that? So the only other treatment option aside from either pharmacological options or physical therapy is deep brain stimulation. And that's usually only utilized in the late stages of Parkinson's disease, which you can imagine is very invasive and expensive. So the longer you can progress your um, ability without having to return to deep brain stimulation, the better. Um, typically within 
um, Parkinson's disease, they are showing that exercise in general increases gait speed. Um, it also helps with motor function, executive function skills. There's also a high incidence of depression and um, declining voice and cognitive abilities. And so high amplitude movement, which really when you think of high amplitude, um, people with Parkinson's disease perceive everyone around them moving at 45 miles per hour when really we're moving at 60. And so a lot of these high amplitude programs are bridging that gap, helping them see the difference between their movement and everyone else's movement. And when they can start to perceive that difference, they're able to change that within themselves, which does affect them being able to do their activities of daily living at a higher capacity. So you mentioned this research being your own design. Talk to me about the methodology, what, what it is that you did, and, and maybe some of your findings. So initial um, research um, for the high amplitude movement came from Lee Silverman, who started with a voice program. Um, in his program, originally it was for voice, and so it was getting people to speak loud. It's actually almost shouting, which even when they're shouting, it's at a lower amplitude than you and I just speaking. Um, but they found great success with that. So that transitioned into movement patterns and motor function. So he created the Lee Silverman Voice Training Big Program, which is... Um, Given in PT and occupational therapy, it's a four-week session, um, four times a week, one-hour sessions. These are these high-amplitude movements. They go through full range of motion, high repetition, moving through multiple planes of your body. Um, and they've seen with that um, success in... Um, increased velocity of walking and motor speed at like 12 to 14 percent and that's four months post-therapy. So it's being able to maintain it post-therapy as well as um, 10 to 15 percent in mobility improvements. So these are pretty big gains for individuals who have lost a lot of their movement or movement capacity. Um, and then along with that they um, there was some research that was trying to shorten the program from the 16 session to a 10 session program over the course of two weeks mostly working at um, trying to be more cost effective. You know, physical therapy is expensive, the time component, especially for individuals who probably need to get a ride to the facility and a lot of that support, especially through insurance. But they found that the um, short protocol, protocol was actually not as effective as the longer protocol. So the design of my program is taking a component that we know that longer term um, access to these high amplitude movements has continued success. So if you can take this, traditionally people leave um, physical therapy and go to a home program, but they do it in isolation. So this is something where when they're doing it just by themselves, they can't see that replicated in somebody else. And so the idea of moving this into a group fitness program where they're seeing other individuals with Parkinson's disease, they're going to start to notice those deficits and then they'll be able to change them within themselves for long-term improvement. So let's talk practical application. I envision an exercise class and reach and reach. Uh, so what is it like? What are some of these exercises? They are really about reaching. <laughs> so if you can imagine stretching your fingertips as tall as you can to the ceiling and then touching all the way down to the floor and then taking a large step, almost like you're going to reach out and shake somebody's hand and then pulling it back behind you as though you're passing a baton. So these movements, not only that, but then you're going to lunge and twist and go across the opposite plane of your body. And what they're finding is, is that when you move in that full amplitude range of motion across your full plane of sections of your body, it's really starting to stimulate multiple areas of their brain that's diminished over time because of Parkinson's. I feel like 
some of these and I don't have Parkinson's would also help me. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I just saying. everyone, right? That's why yoga is so popular. I think this is great. This doesn't reverse Parkinson's. It- this is not about remediation of Parkinson's disease. There is no cure. Uh, what it does do is it helps with the symptoms. So it helps with functionality. It prolongs your ability to do certain things. To be independent, to be able to be self-efficient, which is a big thing for individuals. Um, You can imagine just losing your activities of daily living and how that affects your mental capacity and as well as your communication with others. That's why the group fitness component is so important because it gets them out of their house. It gets them with other people into more of a social environment so that they are not becoming more reclusive um, due to the disease. This is great. Now what? I mean, what do we do? Because you mentioned at the beginning community, right? I mean, how do we how do we apply this here on the Palouse? Well, I've been a group fitness instructor for the last 13 years. An awesome one, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely have my fingers in a lot of different programs around the community. Um, I'm actually working on going to graduate school in occupational therapy, which the reason I've come back to school is to... Um, move into therapy for vulnerable populations such as individuals with Parkinson's disease. So I do hope to be able to offer a program like this. Um, Presently, I know that there's a couple institutions that would be happy to bring me on board, but I have an internship to complete next spring that's not going to be this specific class, but I'll be working with kids with disabilities. Well, you're going to rock it. Great job on the research. Thank you for joining us here on Education Eclipse, and best of luck. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Education Eclipse, a College of Education podcast from Washington State University.